Yeah, Justin and I inside here at the Media Center. Why? Because remnants of Typhoon Nepertak, which is hitting primarily north, is attacking the golf course we're having. There are many things the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games have been able to control. Everyone arriving in Tokyo for the games is required to pass through a COVID obstacle the village course. Dining halls sanitizing heavily restricted for locals and fans here too. But the weather, well, no amount of guidelines and logistics can harness that. On July 27th, Olympic Day 4, organizers and athletes had their head in the clouds, trying to best play the hand Mother Nature was planning to deal them. Except surfing. This storm system expected to create very big waves, so several heats, including the medal round, are happening today. We're going to get our first ever Olympic medals in surfing. Tropical storm Nepartek briefly threatened to strengthen into a typhoon, proving that in Tokyo, the weather is more than small talk. We're definitely pretty weather savvy. I think we're up there with probably like the sailors. Oh, it's ever the most resilient Olympians, that's for sure. I am terrible at reading forecasts. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the Tokyo Olympic Games. Coming to you daily during the Games, we'll bring you the stories shaping the greatest athletic competition in all the world, held in extraordinary times. This podcast is presented by NordaTrack from iFit. For most Olympic sports, weather can easily be mitigated by this simple addition of a roofed venue. In surfing, one of the new additions for 2020, the weather kind of is the venue. Imagine being a professional athlete, but you can only train when a storm system, perhaps thousands of miles away, is sending waves that have to match up with the wind and ocean floor at your local beach. In fact, surf contests don't even have a schedule. They simply have a start and end date, generally 10 days or so, and hope for the two days of conditions they need to run through their bracket. We went to Surigasaki Surfing Beach, an hour and a half drive away from the Olympic Village, to ask the remaining eight competitors what role the weather played in their lives. Kanoa Igarashi, we're so thrilled to talk with you and so curious about the role weather plays in your lives. Are surfers the most weather-savvy Olympians? How closely were you watching this swell? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've been looking at the charts all, I feel like I'm a weatherman, you know, after this week. Actually, after my whole career, but, um, you know, just uh, trying to forecast the waves and the weather and the wind. Um, you know, different boards, different uh, just equipment, you know, and uh, uh, different ways of approaching a heat. So, uh, you know, it's definitely good for airs out there, and that's what I went for. Because a storm, for surfers at least, can spell the opportunity for bigger waves and the potential for bigger maneuvers. Caroline Marks, you're from Florida, which is often, as we know, in hurricane paths. Are storms a, a good or a bad thing for you? Um, it depends, you know, I think, um, in this case, good, you know, it brought us waves, so I think it's good, yeah. How much attention do you pay? Are, are surfers the most weather-savvy Olympians? Oh, may, I don't, maybe, I've never been asked that question, maybe, maybe so. Um, we constantly have to adapt and all these things, so, um, possibly. <laughs> 
that adaptation makes for stronger competitors as well. Sally Fitzgibbons, thanks so much for being with us. What does this changing environment do to surfing Olympians? Oh, I'd say we're the most resilient Olympians, that's for sure. You show up every day. Every day the playing field changes and you just, you know, you're trying to use all your archival knowledge and experience. You put it all together and hope for the best, right? What were the waves like out there? And what does that mean for the rest of the event? It's actually really exciting because to have waves and challenge each other when they're size and it's raw and it's real, uh, as opposed to waiting for only some small opportunities. Um, yeah, it's been the best games. It's run in three days. The momentum of it's fantastic and I can't wait to see who the medalists are. It's going to be so special. You know, in surfing, the color that gets people inspired has been purple, right? The, the color of an intense storm on a radar. Owen Wright from Australia, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, um, purple blob, they usually talk about a uh, swell forecast. And um, we got a few different colors that it goes through um, for different sizes. And um, purple is kind of like the, one of the biggest right, sizes. Bianca Batendog from South Africa, thanks for being with us. You're in contention to win gold. How often do you check the weather forecast? I am terrible at reading forecasts. Um, I try and rely on other people to do it for me. But I would say daily, maybe once a day, uh, especially leading up to events. Are you more at the mercy of Mother Nature than other Olympians, per se? Probably. Because we rely so much on uh, the natural world, I guess. The forecast may be objective, but Hawaiians like Carissa Moore, who was about to surf in the first ever gold medal match in Olympic surfing, have added their own scale on top of the already fickle business of measuring Mother Nature. Carissa, explain Hawaiian wave sizing to us. I think, like, well, in Hawaii, when we say four foot, it's actually like double the size, so it's like eight foot. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how we, that's our scale. Carissa, how in the know are you? Are surfers the most weather-savvy Olympians in Tokyo? Should we turn to them, I don't know, whenever we need a prediction? Oh, gosh. Um, I think we're definitely pretty weather-savvy. I think we're up there with probably, like, the sailors. Sailors are probably the most weather-savvy because they really have to know what the winds are doing and stuff. But um, a lot of us really keep an eye on, on all the details um, of the weather. The surfers we spoke to are dependent on the ebb and flow in the water, but our next guest just won a bronze by mastering three totally different sets of variables. Followed in by the woman who dug deep, who did find the answer to the demons. Zephyrus, Katie Zephyrus, takes the bronze medal at Tokyo 2020. Katie Zephyrus, USA, and triathlon bronze. Katie, you won this morning. Congratulations. Sheets of rain were covering Tokyo as you won. Did the weather play into the race at all for you? Well, it definitely played into the race. I don't know how much it played into it, but um, it, we had quite a bit of rain. And so that probably, well, just affected mainly the bike because around the corners, you just have to be quite a bit more careful. Um, it also probably affected the race quite a bit, though, because we've been all preparing for, like, Tokyo heat and humidity. And our race, actually, before the start, we were, <laughs> I was I was kind of chilly. Um, and on the run, it wasn't, like, 
blistering hot or anything like that. It wasn't cold, but it was um, manageable. Manageable, but not ideal for biking at top speeds. What would be ideal weather for a triathlon? Perfect weather for a picnic. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I would say just like mid 70s, like dry, dry is ideal. Um, and like, I suppose it depends what type of athlete you are for the wind conditions, but I would prefer not having wind. Stillness is key. There are three very distinct parts to your race. What would be the worst case scenario for each, Katie? Well, it depends on, for me, like, I think it would have been the worst for swimming is like super hot water, which was actually something we were kind of concerned about for coming into Tokyo was thinking the water might be hot, but it actually was not, not bad at all. Um, for the bike, it would probably be being cold and wet. Um, <laughs> and then for the run, I would say being like super hot and humid. <laughs> but <laughs> all of these things I could manage, but <laughs> not my favorite. Yeah, I get it. Too hot, too cold. If managing your temperature is such a big deal and you're only wearing one suit for all of them, what on earth is it made of? That's a question for um, the the makers of my tri-suit Roka. But um, yeah, this one was thin and fast, and that's really all I care about. (laughs) Now the American Katie Zafiris, the 32-year-old is going to claim the bronze for the Americans, the third ever. For more on how Katie Zafiris prepped for her bronze medal triathlon performance, including a 2.45 a.m. wake-up call, keep an eye on NBC's In the Village podcast, where Elizabeth Beisel talks to athletes about their lives in one of the most exclusive places at the Olympics. No one can control the weather. But by learning to embrace it, Carissa Moore, Bianca Batendog, and Katie Zafiris turned high winds and rain into cloudy with a chance of medals. By evening, the sun had even come out. Follow the podium now on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to watch it all unfold. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit.